Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for being here. I recognize you didn't have to be, so <laughs> it's always worth recognizing. So you're choosing to be here, which is a, uh, a big deal as I see it. And there's clearly something in this for you, or the potential for it anyways. The potential. You saw some potential of you being here and participating, otherwise you wouldn't be here. So thanks for being here. And there's plenty in this for you. You know, if you attempt to apply these concepts and practices into your life, and that's the whole point. You know, take information and knowledge and, you know, concepts and then narrow them down into your life, you as the individual. And see if there's an application. You know, there's value in application through this uh, workshop. And there will be. You'll see certain things. And the premise ultimately is, I would say the premise of my teaching is placing you in a position where you have to make a decision. <laughs> that's the premise of my teaching. That's the attempt for sure. And there's a plethora of choices every moment, you know, but it's like narrow it down and narrow it down into this particular concept and uh, this workshop. And this workshop is around vulnerability. Vulnerability is a very interesting concept. It's very curious, vulnerability. And the, the way it seems to me is that there's a promise when it comes to vulnerability, and the promise is that it unravels shame and fear. It unravels both shame and fear, which is significant when you think about that. That the promise of vulnerability is that it unravels shame and fear. And what that could represent and mean to you if that's actually the case. And what kind of space that could create for you in your life, relationship to relationship. And so that's one of the things I appreciate about vulnerability is that there's that promise that's nestled into the concept of it. And my interpretation goes something like vulnerability is the act of being seen, heard, and known. Yours doesn't have to be that, but that's my interpretation of it. And to share yourself as openly and um, courageously as possible, which is, it's a hell of an ask and a request at times to do that. Specifically, if we're feeling any semblance of shame and fear, it's like the last thing we want to do. It's like, uh-uh, I don't feel safe. This is a bad idea. And so turtle and go somewhere else. That's how it can be. You know, the, uh, what I shared with you at the beginning of the class, you know, my relationship to women. You know, I said to you, it's like one of the last things I want to say out loud because it's like, it's out there. And I exposed myself to being hurt. That information being used against me. And it's like, well, why do I have that concern? Well, because it's happened many times over. And I can imagine that's true for you, that you've shared things and that information came back to hurt you haunt you in some ways. And it's like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. And there is this part of vulnerability, or the concern around vulnerability is that we'll be hurt by being vulnerable. And we have lots of examples of that, if you look at your past. But the exposure that comes from choosing to be vulnerable is a strength. Like, strength comes from it. 
Because what I've started to understand is that when I choose to be vulnerable, I can withstand myself. <laughs> and I can withstand, like, the fear. It's like, okay, there's fear there, but I'm going to choose this anyways and transform my relationship to fear in various different ways. And that's uh, a consequence of being vulnerable is we get to change our relationship to fear. And it gets us out of our inadequacies, which is a shame-based experience, typically. And so during our time together, we'll attempt to define vulnerability. And you had a worksheet. You had a worksheet over your break. Amazing. <laughs> and that was designed for you to take a peek at your relationship to vulnerability. And it was one-sided in some ways, if you noticed. <laughs> it was like a one-sided approach to uh, your relationship to vulnerability. Mostly what you don't like about it. And uh, why it's been unpleasant. And where you don't have it and so on and so forth. And that's useful to know that, to know your relationship, that side of your relationship to vulnerability, because it stops us. If we choose it, it'll stop us. And you could say that vulnerability is the gateway into intimacy. Intimacy is the gateway into health and well-being. And that's how I see these things bridge out. It's like hierarchy after hierarchy. It's like, okay, vulnerability gives me access to me, my values, where I can be an authentic individual. And as I'm aligned to my values and behaving in the world in an authentic matter, manner, that will inform my communication. So I communicate in a specific way, which develops connections in a very unique way, which leads me to intimacy. And if I have intimacy in my life, most likely I'll make better decisions for myself. That's the tendency. So I'm feeling good, I'm feeling connected, you know, I feel supported, I'm out in the world, my relationships are good and solid and sound, I'm doing what I need to do for myself, I'm sound in my boundaries and communicating in the proper way, and so I'll take care of myself. The opposite of that is not that. <laughs> and so intimacy leads us to making good decisions for ourselves which strengthens our immunity. That's the bridge. It strengthens our immunity because we're making sound, solid decisions for ourselves. I could eat that, but I'm not going to eat that. Yes, I could sit on this couch and not do anything, but I choose not to. I'm going to get up and go do something. Go have a tea with my friend, or I don't know, go out in the forest, or whatever the hell you do with your spare time. <laughs> in the absence of intimacy, we can get locked into this various different experiences, but if we're speaking about fear and shame, fear and shame in particular, where we're making poor decisions for ourselves. And we're removing ourselves from situations and experiences and relationships. It's like, this isn't a good idea for me to be here. I should be somewhere else. And the somewhere else is typically on our own. That's the tendency. And how you remove yourself from relationship to things and others, and how you choose to be on your own, and the decisions that are aligned to that behavior. And sometimes they're not so good. It's like, yeah, that bag of marshmallows looks pretty good, and I think I'm going to eat it. <laughs> or, yes, I'm going to have one glass of wine that leads into four glasses of wine to, you know, whatever. And things that take you farther away from what's important to you. And so that's what we're attempting to uh, explore today in our time together. What leads you into places you don't want to go, which is somewhat on your sheet that you 
laid out on your break, if you did it, and what it's going to take you to center yourself into a state of vulnerability that's going to give you access to everything you say you want. And I don't say that lightly, but that's, that's the doorway, that's the consideration, is vulnerability is the gateway into everything you say you want. And so if that's true, it would be a worthwhile idea having a sound practice around vulnerability. And I'm not suggesting you don't. You do, obviously. I mean, this retreat, you on this retreat, is a uh, manifestation, you could say, of your vulnerability. You didn't have to come here. It's like, hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> I want to follow Lou and Stacy down into the jungle. <laughs> and so it's a great act of vulnerability in everything you had to do to make it happen. So you have a sound practice around it, and that's good to recognize within you. And then other areas of your life, there's a lack of vulnerability, and that's worthwhile taking a look at too. Because left unattended to, that'll start to encroach in other areas of your life. That's just the way it goes. If I choose it once, I'll choose it twice. If I choose it twice, I'll choose it four times. And so that's the risk. So our time here around vulnerability is to define your relationship to vulnerability and ideally walk out of here with a new focus. And it's quite likely a place that you don't necessarily want to go. <laughs> and I say that for a reason, because that's the place that you need to go. And if you want to practice vulnerability, that is the place, the very place you don't want to go, where there's some tension in your life. And to grapple with something, and that's the brilliance of challenge. You know, you've been on your mat long enough, right, in practice, doing all these crazy poses in yoga, <laughs> that some of them are great challenges, and you've overcome these challenges in various different ways. I don't know, maybe you couldn't do plank or something. And then over a span of time, it's like, oh, I, wow, I'm doing plank. I don't know, you're standing on your head. You weren't able to stand on your head two weeks ago, and so you took on a challenge, and you were able to overcome that concern. And so if you can do it on your mat, then you can do it in your life. And so I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about your relationship to vulnerability and where you're willing to go during our time together. And so you make this real here and you apply it in your life at home. Because most likely that's where it is. <laughs> at home. So how does this sound? Uncomfortable? Yeah, absolutely, and that's good. You're on to something. Okay. So there's a great promise nestled into the concept of vulnerability. And that promise leads into you being much more aligned to your values, which is important. And so there'll be an equation attached to this experience, and we'll break that down as we move ourselves along that mm, I'll simplify this as much as I can. And you get to fill in the blanks, kind of like your brick work. You fill in the blanks. <laughs> so I'm curious. If you were to scale your level of vulnerability, scale it, one low, 10 high, your level of vulnerability over the last, I don't know, six months, 12 months, something like that over the last year, let's say. And if you hold the interpretation of vulnerability that it's your willingness to be seen, heard, and known, consistently, what would you rate yourself? One low, ten high. And of course it changes and shifts, we know that. You know, with your, when you're with your bestie, it's like, ah, life is amazing. 
been with you or wherever, somebody you'd rather not be with, it's like, Ugh. and so, and everything in between. What would you give yourself on a, a number on the scale, one low, 10 high, when it comes to your relationship or your experience or your practice around vulnerability? You have a number for us? An eight. Okay. Thank you. Great. For you? Six. Six. I'd say five. Five. Thank you. I'd say three to four. Three to four. Thank you. Five. Five. Solid five. Solid five. All right. It all depends. Well, but I would say eight. Eight. Thank you so much. Mary? Five. Five. Thank you. Five. Five. I would say eight. Eight. Seven, thank you. Three. Three. Thank you. Seven. Seven. Three. Okay. Yeah. Good to put it out there. It's kind of a weird thing to do. It's like, huh, I gauge my vulnerability. But it's good. And great that nobody said 10. I'm a glowing example of vulnerability, and I don't need this workshop, so I'm leaving. <laughs> so that's good. You know, and these concepts, like, there's no end point to them. That's what's so fascinating about these things. It's like, what's the end point of vulnerability? It's like, it doesn't end. And uh, that is great. You know, and the idea is, you know, I heard it's like trending upwards. You know, trending upwards, and that's good. And ideally, we're trending upwards when it comes to these concepts. What did you um, take away from your break work, this assignment that you had? Anything stand up, stand out that came to you as a consequence of you filling out this break work? Maybe surprised you or you anchored into? Well, it was obviously related to this environment you're in, you know, if you're at home or if you're at work. Yeah. So I have like two columns of how I do this. Okay, good. <laughs> and anything? I, I thought I was really excited about this workshop until I looked at that and I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, you bring up a good point. Vulnerability is terrifying. You know, there's this habituated view, and that's what's important to pay attention to. And it'll be unique to you as the individual, this habituated view when it comes to vulnerability. And it's something like it's a bad idea. It's not safe, and don't do it. And if we don't uncover these habituated views that we have, they just end up dictating our relationship to something. And so who would want to take the, the chance to be vulnerable if that's the view? Like, do not do it. It's a bad idea. You're going to be harmed and hurt. That's a lot to overcome and to take on. And I certainly understand why it's so difficult, certainly in my own experience and uh, other people's experience. There's, sometimes it feels like there's more reasons not to be vulnerable than there is to be vulnerable. And the habituated view is what keeps us in place. And the problem with that is it keeps us the same. And that's not a good idea. You know, I've been mentioning this to you uh, during our time together. It's like a stiff perspective. Yes, you're great as you are. That's great, but then you need to change. You know, and that's one of the this, this, um, experiences that I have in yoga, you know, this message of, you know, just do whatever feels good. You know, do whatever leaves you feeling happy. And that's okay, but what happens when that's not okay? when you need to bear down and confront something. Happiness is not going to do it. You're not going to feel good in the face of confrontation. It's like that is nowhere in the equation. It's like this is horrible. I don't feel good. 
but I need to take this on anyways. And so how we speak to ourselves and the messages that we send out is important. And to confront your habituated view to vulnerability so you can build out a countering perspective. And that's what's important. That yes, I already have this. It's a terrible idea to be vulnerable. And then I build out this perspective. Like, yes, it is a good idea to be vulnerable. Because when I choose to be vulnerable, this is what I get. And you have certain things in your life that you appreciate, I imagine. Wonderful relationships that you appreciate. Probably some of them right here in this room. I could see that. Do you care for each other? Who else? What do you get from your workshop? Where are your worksheets? Anything pop up? As much as we may not want to admit it, we are becoming them. And there's no stopping that train. <laughs> and it's like, yes, you are becoming. And it's like, who are you becoming? And it's, you already know the future you. They already either did exist or still exist. And it's whoever raised you. And so that's what you'll unpack in this worksheet. It's like, where did this come from? And it's like, I love the point. It's like, yeah, it came from whoever raised you and your parents. And it's like, okay. Are they still around? Yeah, they're like the living examples of what's waiting for you. And some of that is great, and some of that is probably not so great. And that's what's so brilliant about looking at who's in front of us, where we come from and who's in front of us. It's like the chances of us becoming that is more likely than not. It's like, okay. So what am I going to do about that? Celebrate these beautiful qualities that have been passed down to me, and perhaps... I could confront and adjust some of the things that I don't necessarily like about where I come from and those in front of me. And they're like teachers. If you hold whoever raised you as teachers, it's an incredible thing. They've taught you a lot, that's for sure, and they're still teaching you in various different ways, whether they're here or not, they're still teaching. So I love that point, it's fantastic. So in your assignment, you get a good understanding of what why choosing vulnerability is so challenging and so difficult. In addition to that, we've been speaking about strategies, strategies of the mind that ultimately unravel vulnerability and lead us into places that are um, catastrophic, you know, where there's misery and hopelessness and despair and sadness and these kinds of things. And so up on the board are a couple examples of that, pleasing and perfectionism. And so these are the ways that we can block, ultimately, vulnerability. It's like, no, no, I choose to be this rather than vulnerable. These are strategies, and they're underhanded is one way of looking at them. Because we employ them to get something. I'll do something for you, and if I do something for you, you better give me something in return. Which is like attention, or accolades, or praise, or something like that. So yes. I'll behave like I'm being selfless, but actually what's happening is if I have my hand out, <laughs> and best you fill it with something as quickly as possible. And so the pleaser is relationship-oriented. We've discussed this. I'll just go over it quickly. A lot of focus on relationship. A lot of focus on relationship. And the premise is to... ultimately get people to like us as the pleaser. Because the belief is that we're not likable. Nobody likes us. We're not lovable. Nobody loves me is the belief, something like that. So I need to prove that I am. And so it's a fear-based experience. If 
I go into a relationship with that belief that you don't like me and you don't love me, that's going to be very challenging to overcome. And often relationships are born that way, attempting to prove that I'm a likable person. And what that person doesn't get is me. It's like a sham me. I'm cloaked in something that they can't really see and feel. And so it's a fear-based experience. And the neediness that I have in that state is to be liked. Like, please, just like me. I'm a likable person. <laughs> and let me prove to you that I am. I smile and I have bright eyes. And I don't know, I give you compliments and do nice things for you. And so it's devastating in various different ways because we give so much of ourselves up to make other people happy with us. Happy in life, but ultimately be happy with me is really the message and the deal. The other strategy is perfectionist, being the perfectionist, which is task-oriented. Give me something to do, and so I can perform in a way that I look good, and I like that. And looking good to me is me being right about how good I am at these things. And so it's a shame-based experience. And the concern about being criticized in life, nope, you don't get to criticize me. I'm going to perfect this thing. And so all you give me is accolades. That's all I want from you. Tell me I'm a good person for doing these wonderful things in such a perfect way. <laughs> and it's the need to be seen as competent because the belief is I'm not competent. I'm not enough of something. And so let me perform in a way that shows you that I am not that, I'm this. And so these are hard experiences to embody and difficult to relate to because they're hollow and shallow in various different ways. And if you think about you as the individual, how do you stay shallow? Well, it's by staying up here, staying up in the mind where there's not much body. It's like a weird thing. And so that's one way how we stay shallow is leading with the mind. There's not much feel attached to it. And the ways in which we do that is we shut down the emotional body so we don't feel. And if we don't feel, people don't feel us. And so there's a lack of vulnerability. The emotional, emotional body is suppressed. It's like dead in some ways. And that's part of the process of healing, is to wake up the emotional body. Perhaps you see my teaching, <laughs> like Kriya's is an example. Some of you are like, ah, oh, don't say that word. <laughs> so horrible. <laughs> but Kriya's are designed to wake you up. So you feel like this cleansing out, this waking up, all the things in which we do on the mat. And what comes out of that is, who knows? But you're more alive if you take the Kriya on. That's a brilliant thing. And what's waking up is your emotional body, which is an element and the key element to healing. Because it's the first thing we shut down. I don't want to feel like this, so stuff it down, stop feeling. No, you're not welcomed here. And so these are vulnerability blockers. You could say that. Shame and fear block vulnerability. And on the board here, pleasing is about disarming rejection because pleasers hate being rejected. They can't stand it. And so disarm rejection by remaining harmless. How could you not like me? I won't harm you, I'm harmless. And how we can give our power to other people in that attempt to remain harmless 
so people don't discard us. They don't see us as a threat. I won't harm you and you don't harm me. The problem with that is it's a weakened state. Being harmless in this world is a bad idea. And there's people looking for you when you're harmless. That's the bigger view into this. There'll be people looking for you in this world because you're harmless. You've got no bite. You don't stand for yourself. And they'll take advantage of you in ways that you do not want to be taken advantage of. And you've already experienced that in some ways in your life. And that should be deeply alarming. And there's, there's, there's a practice that supports it. It just doesn't happen. These things just don't happen. It's like we move ourselves into these states, into these experiences. And so the perfectionist, perfecting, is ward off criticism with getting it right. Perfectionists love being right about why they're so perfect. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's all the warding off of criticism to avoid humiliation. Because the experience of humiliation is debilitating for a perfectionist. It's how a perfectionist will collapse inside of themselves, is through criticism and the access point into humiliation. And so these are vulnerability blockers. And you can see why. It's like, OK, I don't want to expose myself. I don't want to be hurt. So I'm going to pretend to be this. And that's a good idea. And if I am able to be this more often than not, I won't be harmed. I won't be hurt. And so that's the strategy, is how to stay safe. These strategies are designed to stay safe, but the problem is that they don't keep us safe. And what you'll notice about this is where you're feeling tension. And I asked some of you this last workshop, where are you feeling conflict and tension in your life? What's the strategy that's supporting it? And you identify it. It's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm pleasing in this experience that's causing some problems. Or I'm the perfectionist at work, which is causing some rift some rifts. And so these are the places where they actually create a lot of disruption and chaos. And it's difficult to unpack it sometimes. But one of the things to attempt to do is to abandon the strategy that's keeping the conflict alive and choose to practice vulnerability, <laughs> which is probably the last thing you want to do in a conflict point but the very thing that you need to do to solve the problem. And to say what you need to say, to feel what you need to say, uh, feel what you need to feel, and to do the things in which you need to do in the situation to resolve the problem. The problem with waiting, and we tend to wait. You ever wait, procrastinate on, thing, on things? <laughs> that happens sometimes. Yes, we all do that. The problem with waiting is sometimes it never comes. So I'll just wait till tomorrow, and I'll just wait till tomorrow. And it's like, oh, a year has passed, three years have passed, a decade has passed, my life has passed. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen that. Many, many times. Too many times to count. And it's a place of regret. It's an absolute place of regret, for sure, which is haunting. These are the things that wake you up in the middle of the night that leave you breathless at times. And it's not just you. It's all of us in our own unique way. The things in which we don't talk about typically. It's like, no, I got my life together. It's perfect. It's really good. And let me show you how good I am. <laughs> mm. 
And so the uncovering here is where you're not good. And to poke around there. And that's the opening here. That's the opportunity here to talk about things that you're challenged with. And as you speak about these kinds of things, what you'll notice is there's support. And so just as a refresh, so we kind of get into the concept, the mood of this conversation. Where are you feeling a tension point in your life? And what's the strategy that's supporting it? Pleasing or perfecting? What's the current tension point in your life? Who's got something to say about that? So if you think about where we can take ourselves, you know, there's a lot at stake here. There's a lot at stake. And it's not just like, you know, us in, in this room. It's like all of us. And that's what's so fascinating about, you know, being a human being is often we don't share the things that we're challenged about. You know, we, we have a tendency of being silent about so many, so many things. And so the attempt here is to get you talking. Get you talking. And that's important, to get you talking. And so that's what you're going to do now. Talk about your conflict point. Catch a friend. That's what you get to do next. Where in your life are you conflicted? Who's it with? What are you experiencing? Like, really? What is that? Who is it? Where is it? What's the strategy you're using to support this conflict? Is it perfecting or pleasing? It's one or the other. And how are you left feeling in the experience? So go ahead. It's an act of vulnerability. That's what this workshop is about. So this is the act of it. So cultivate the courage you need to share these things out loud. There'll be one group of three, I think it is, or maybe not. Okay, catch a friend. Sit with your friend. All right, everybody, finish on up. We're going to move along. So much to say. That's good. Lots to say. We're going to move along just so we can keep on point in terms of time. I'll keep you here all day long, even though I'm tempted. <laughs> all right, everybody. Lots to say. That's a good thing you're saying a lot. It's a good thing. So well done doing that and being there for each other. You know, so it would be easy for me to come across as oversimplifying some of the issues you got going on in your life, and that's not the attempt here. It's about taking complex issues and having a look at them and ideally coming up with a, a refined strategy moving forward. You know, one that you can feel you can live into and to make some progress. And you have a say in that, and who you choose to be in the presence of confrontation and conflict and challenges is important. It's fundamental of who you choose to be. And so that's the attempt here, is to take, take a look at your life and a difficult point in your life and to see if you're, you can make it better. And making that attempt will make you stronger, which is important. And so that's the opposite of protection in some ways. You know, it's like this tendency is to protect, to turn away, which actually weakens us versus moving in, confronting, and attempting to be curious as we move along, and that's a strength-based approach. And so if you think about what you just spoke about to your friend, up on the board here are some kind of fill-in-the-blank experiences. And so you have a conflict, whatever the conflict is, you just outlined. 
There's a strategy that's supporting that conflict, which supports the concern. That's a concern. So I'll share with you what I shared uh, this morning. The conflict I had and I was working through and still work through in various different ways is with women. What's not on the board is the judgment that supports my concern, which is you're not safe. <laughs> There's always a judgment that's supporting a conflict, and that's worth paying attention to. And things you don't want to admit, you know, the judgment you have of your, your child or your spouse or your mother or a friend, but there's a judgment that's supporting it. It's best you figure out what it is, because if you don't, you're blind. And that's not a good thing to be in conflict, blind, because you'll be blindsided. And so for me, conflict with women, this, the judgment I had is unsafe. They're unsafe. And so the strategy was perfectionism for me. The concern was... Criticism, humiliation, feeling ashamed. And so if I was perfect, doing perfect things, there'd be no criticism and hooray for me. <laughs> I'd feel safe. And so the solution for me was vulnerability. Wanting to be known, but also wanting to know. Wanting to know. Wanting to know women in various different ways. It's like, eh, eh. You know, from this pulled back state to actually perhaps it's best that I get to know you. And once I did that, you, were let, you became less threatening to me, which is good. And so the intention I had to support the solution was a value, which is honor. The ability to honor myself and to get out of this like weakened state. And so that propped up vulnerability. It's like, get a hold of yourself. Pull yourself together. This is not going well for you. If you play this out 20 years from now, who are you going to be, Kevin? Somebody you do not respect, that's for sure. And so I said, okay, okay, okay. I need to get this together and start to honor who I am, my life, my commitments to relationships, bettering things. And so if you use this strategy or this, um, this equation, the idea is that you're setting yourself up to actually make some movement to this conflict point. And what I like about you being here, it's like, okay, you're here. You're together, you're restoring, you're becoming, I don't know, ideally feeling nurtured in these kinds of things. Strengthening yourself up as a consequence of you being here. And so when you do go home, you make that tentative step forward into making something better. Now, wouldn't that be amazing? And who you choose to be matters. Do not underestimate that. That's the idea. The power of coming up with a solution and an intention that supports it. And so that's what we're looking at here, is how to put this together so when you do go home, you have an action plan. And again, that's what I love about you being here. It's like you're literally putting yourself together you know, in various different ways. It's a beautiful thing. So if you put this together, I like what you're saying. So conflict is at work, yes. your career, the strategy you've been using. Do all the things. So is that perfecting or pleasing? It's pleasing. Pleasing. Yeah. Okay, good. And the concern you have is you're going to disappoint? I'm going to disappoint and they won't like me. Yes. Yeah. Horrifying. Yes. Yeah, great. Disappointment. People don't like me. I'm letting people down potential of rejection, right. these kinds of things, very good. And so what do you see the solution as? What's the solution? I have, 
something that I've been working on uh-huh. very actively is carving out a schedule that I can not live with but thrive in, mm-hmm. right? Because I've carved out a live livable. I can live with this. I can live with this. Sure, that's no problem. Sure, I'll stay late. Sure, I'll stay late. sure, but I'm, I'm make myself miserable long term uh-huh. so I can have that moment of. <laughs> Look how great I am. So the solution is, yes, like a, a, a calendar or a schedule that you can live into. I could also imagine one of the solutions is you saying no. Oh, completely. Okay. And I'm, I'm much better at saying no. Great. Okay. But I need to get better at it. Yeah. I, we all do. I need to sit in it harder. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so what's the intention to support you coming up with, you know, a calendar or schedule you can thrive in the ability to say no. Then I can thrive in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, what's the intention? It's going to support you thriving. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so, what is that? Order. Yeah. Okay. So, it's your intention. Order. Order. Great. Create some order and get out of the chaos. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Good. Thanks for that. So, the things in which we have to say, say to ourselves, say to other people. That's the tendency. It's like, come on, get it together, pull yourself together. These kinds of things. Okay, very good. Thanks for saying that. So again, the idea is to identify conflict point where there's a lack of vulnerability, a lack of vulnerability in some ways. There's a concern. One of those concerns is going to be designed or around fear and shame. How to unravel that, that's through vulnerability. And it's about you putting yourself out in the world in a different way. So to simplify something, to take something that's complex, that's probably been with you for quite some time, and to simplify it, and to get it into some kind of an equation that you can move along. And there's a benefit of that. What it's going to require is, yes, what we're talking about is a vulnerability, which, about, which is very much about you speaking about the things in which you care about. And what's going to happen, and probably what you're not going to like in some ways, as soon as you start speaking, people are going to start looking. <laughs> and that's going to confront, that's the confrontation of being seen. I have something to say, I'm saying it, and guess what? People start looking and paying attention and assessing. It's like, what's, what's up with this person? Why are they speaking? And do they have anything of value to offer me? And this is one, of ways that one, one way in which we can be known in this world by speaking up and be willing to be seen, which is not so easy. And so if you think about this experience and what you have to overcome for that to occur, it's significant, especially if it's been around for a while, a few months, a couple years, longer than that, who knows? Then the question is, are you willing to do it? And that's what you have to gather yourself around. It's like, yes, this is a good idea for me to do such a thing. And convince yourself it's a good use of time. Because if you don't, what's waiting for you? You already know. It's you and the experience you're already having with it, which at some point will encapsulate you. You lose sight of it, and that's all you are, that, that thing that you can't stand. So this is how fear and shame unravel vulnerability and the strategies that support them. I taught a class the other day about anger. You have a lot of reasons to be angry, and this is one of the situations that you have every right to be angry about. And the question is, why aren't you? And you are probably, but you're not showing it. Then you could ask yourself, why aren't you? You have every right to be angry. And so to be able to use your anger to support you moving deeper into this experience, to attempt to make it better. Are the monkeys here? 
iguana eating my mangoes. Oh, uh, I can't compete. <laughs> oh, okay. Speaking of vulnerability. Okay. Uh huh. Oh my goodness. X rated jungle. <laughs> so, is this a, a simple way of taking a look at a complex matter? Yes, of course it is. But it's better you take a look at it than not take a look at it and to continue to refine and refine and refine over again. And so, what you're going to do next is you get to have a partner. And what you'll do with your partner, I'll tell you once you stand up. <laughs> with your partner. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's getting hot in here. Spicy. I imagine in this experience you have something to say. Is that a fair statement? Whether it's to yourself, that's true too for sure, but then also to somebody else. Is that a fair statement? You have something to say? That's what you're going to do down with your partner. So you're going to envision your partner as this person, whether it's you or somebody in your life. And this is the practice. You get to say what you feel you need to say about this experience. And the idea is to tailor it. Tailor it. It might come out messy, and that's OK. Let it be messy. Maybe it's got some heat behind it. So be it. This is a practice run. Get it out of you. And then once you start working these things out of you, you can start to shape it, shape it, so you can deliver it in a way that somebody can actually hear it and receive it. That's the art of communication, which is not so easy at times, especially when we're disrupted. So you get to say out loud what you feel you need to say in this situation. So friend with the longest last name. That sounds fun. You, <laughs> you get to go first. And so let me put this out here for you. This is about gathering yourself gathering yourself and using this thing, your body is an instrument to deliver a message. And so it's waking up your bodies, your bodies. There's lots of bodies we have, but wake up your emotional body for sure. And so somebody can feel you and the importance behind this message. And so an act of vulnerability is a breathtaking experience. It's so riveting. It's very difficult to turn away from when somebody's being vulnerable very difficult. And so that's the attempt to be vulnerable, to say what you need to say and to capture somebody's attention. And so that's what you get to do. So friend with the longest name, you get to go first. Say what you need to say three times out loud, whatever that is. Let this come up. Whatever needs to come out of you, let it come up. Do not control this, okay? Listener, you just get to listen and to feel, to feel. That's the idea. Okay, ready, set, go. Say what you need to say. So you spoke out loud. What was that like? What did you feel? Hopeful, clumsy. Okay, okay, good. Clumsy, hopeful, okay. Quite the pairing. Okay, so the idea is to get it down to, um, you know, like a statement. You know, it's, uh, again, I'm simplifying things, but for a reason. So you can, you can take the statement with you. Like, okay, this is the central message I want to get across to this personal person. There's a central message, and it's important I get this message out as quickly as possible. We can get clumsy. It's like I have to explain it and all these kinds of things. Sometimes you just have to go right to the heart of it. And just like, there it is. And then create some color and context around it. Because sometimes it's so difficult to say what we need to say out loud. 
So we have a couple groups of four, a couple groups of three. Okay. And what you'll do now, this will be amazing, I think. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> the idea is that each of you have an opportunity to stand in front of your partners and to say the statement out loud and like you mean it. Like you mean it. And this is the full body. You have to understand this. You are on your mat practicing yoga. What the hell are you doing there on your mat practicing yoga? It's about standing in your own two feet and building a posture where you can express what you need to express. All these things that we do on the yoga mat, just think about all the postures you do. It's about funneling your energy into something that matters. A pose, yes, but this pose matters as well. And so you can be the instrument of expression. And so that's the attempt. And so if you're just kind of like sitting here, like standing uncomfortably, that's not going to work. It's like get into your feet, posture, and get aligned. And so you can deliver the message, and the message that matters to you. And if it matters to you, it matters to other people. And so that's the attempt here. So one by one, you get to stand in front of your crew. Listeners, you listen and hold space <laughs> and deliver your message. Do that with some enthusiasm. All right. Whoever's going to go first, go ahead. Ready, set, go. Why don't you listen to Into the second, go ahead. So you can give your friends a high five or some knuckles or whatever that is. Thank you, good friends. <laughs> and you come back to your seats. All right, everybody. Let's wrap it up. We must. Lots of things to say. Well done for saying it. It probably wasn't easy to say some of these things out loud. And so I'm just curious, what was it like for you to say these things out loud? Left feeling what? Say it again? Amazing. Amazing. Good. Hard. hard. Very hard. Yeah. I mean, we could spend days talking about this topic. We're not going to do that, obviously. <laughs> and uh, whatever you're speaking about seems to have some meaning, seems to have some meaning, There's some emotion in the room, and that's a good thing. And that's where, as I see it, change really starts to occur. You start to feel into the emotions associated with something. It's like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. It's too much to carry, it's too much to hold, it's too depleting, and it's keeping me from something that I want. And what you want more than anything else, and this is a consideration, are your values. And this conflict point is a conflict point because it is robbing you of a value. And I'm not saying this is going to happen overnight, but it's certainly worth pursuing. And maybe it unfolds over months, years, a lifetime. Who knows? But you're better off choosing it than not choosing it. And so that's really the message of this workshop, is get you talking about something you don't necessarily want to talk about and attempt to move it forward. And do you see some, do you see yourself saying these words out loud sometime soon? Yeah? Okay. It's a big promise. It's a brilliant promise to make yourself. What's brilliant about this community is that you have support. The idea is not to forget that. It's like an amazing group here. It's an incredible group. You have a lot of support. And so an example of this, and I like what you said, Lou, you know, it's like, wow, my partner's really created an atmosphere of safety for me. And I could really feel into the situation. And that's the benefit of being with people, is that we can create a safe experience. So we don't have to hold these things solely on our own. And it's just a tremendous amount of relief that comes from that. So it was a pleasure.
Absolute pleasure.